Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Luke Owen DAD, and I'm joined by Sullivan Bo Brown. Hello, Sally Bobs. Hello, hello. I'm joining How you from you? home. I know, yes, we are recording this remotely today uh, because of the tube. Well, it's not a tube strike, is it? It's rail strike. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a countrywide yeah. thing. It's very much affected London uh, and, yes. and us, really. Like, <laughs> you could not get across London to get to work today. Yes, exactly. Because I I live in one end of London and I work in the other end of London, which is a uh, it's a questionable decision at the best of times <laughs> when there's a rail strike. Yeah, I mean, it takes me back to when I first started working for Rust Talk, uh, and our offices were in Dagenham East, mm. and uh, which is one end of the district line, and I used to live in Ricelip, which is the other end of the central line. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say it's not even. I was as West London as you could be, and I worked in as East London as you can get. <laughs> that is in Essex. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that hour, didn't work. Hour and a half. That's horrible. Oh. Hour and a half every day, getting the central line through to Mile End, changing at Mile End, and to get to Dagenham East. Nightmare <sighs> it was. But well, if it makes you feel any better, I have an hour and a half commute now. So I know your, I know your pain. I know yeah. your pain. I mean, I, to be honest, I've actually just switched out for a different hour and a half commute because I now either drive to work, which takes me an hour and a half, or I get the train, which takes me two hours. <laughs> oh, no. That's much worse. Yeah, door to door two hours, in all fairness. That includes me like walking two stations and whatnot. Um, but anyway, uh, to ask the question, Sullivan, on this day where you are at home, how are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. How are you? Oh, oh, Sullivan, I'm glad you asked, uh, because <laughs> I, I was teeing you up there to ask me how I am, because all of I've got a, a tale to tell. Oh, um, yes. So, uh, as you know, and as people listening to the show will know, uh, I had uh, a couple of days off last week. I had Thursday and Friday off, which means I missed all of the uh, Vince McMahon news and all this sort of stuff. I was away for all of it. Um, what a time for it to happen as well, uh, with Laurie off, Dandy off. <laughs> me off it was just <laughs> pete and ollie doing it all on themselves <laughs> you were off playing connect four with blindfolds you couldn't help out either it's impossible we, there's no way we could do it 
So, uh, but I was, I was a busy chef anyway. I was laying a patio outside uh, my garden. I was doing a big gardening project, digging up half of my garden and replacing it with patio slabs. Uh, mm-hmm. My my brother and his partner came down. My mum and dad came down. A big family team project. Which is, you know, it's big labor-intensive work, and I, I don't know how much you know about me, uh, Sullivan, but I can barely spell the word Jim, let alone know what one looks like <laughs> or the effects of one has on you. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so I am—I'm not the fittest of chaps in the world. Uh, so it was—it was tough going. Uh, and oh, oh, my my daughter has discovered a wonderful thing with her new favorite thing in the world, which is waking up at five a.m. Uh, as like absolute clockwork <laughs> there's a little alarm inside of her that doesn't have a snooze button apparently where it's just like 5 a.m bang i'm awake uh and so she was so i was getting up at 5 a.m to look after the kid uh while then waiting until 8 a.m for us to start digging up a garden for you know 10 hours or whatever it was that sounds horrendous so did that thursday did that friday did that saturday uh, and then did a bit of it on Sunday as well. Uh, so it was <laughs> big, big job. <laughs> and then, and then I did. Then I had to get up early on a Monday because I had to go do the news uh, for mm-hmm. Wrestle Talk News. So that was a, a big day. And then because of the train strike today, I had, I had to leave my house at five AM, Sullivan, because I needed to get in, uh, to office and watch Raw. So I had to, I drove to London because I needed the green screen. And all my camera stuff's at the office still because of the Blood and the Clock Tower in-person shoots. So I don't have no equipment here. So I had to get up. At, I, I left my house at 5 a.m. It took me two and a half hours to drive through traffic to get to work. I arrived at the office at half past seven. I watched Raw and then I reviewed it. And then I sat there for a bit. And then you messaged me saying, I can't come in because I can't get across London. I was like, <laughs> well, I'm going to drive home then. So I drove home. And I was doing, I was doing pretty good. The second I sat down at my desk, I have been, I, I, it's hit me like a ton of bricks. And I've just been <laughs> sat here. And I'll be honest with you, Sullivan, I've done no work for the last hour and a half. I've done literally <laughs> nothing for the last ninety minutes. I think you deserve at least that. Oh my goodness. In fact, I did read an old uh, Figure Four weekly newsletter from 2005, which is research for a WrestleTalk Extra podcast. But apart from that, I have just been sat here every now and again. I'll just little refresh of Twitter there. <laughs> just stare blankly at the computer screen. <laughs> well, it, like <laughs> most people on their days off, they take like a little mini break. Mm. They, you know, they relax. Oh yeah. Uh, but you gave yourself much, much more work. Oh, yeah. So much more work. So much more work, Sullivan. I'm looking out of the garden now. It looks grand. Like, we've done an amazing job of it. But holy hell, it was like my dad looked at the task when we finished on Friday and he turned to me and said, like, I don't think we'll have this done by Sunday. Like, I think that me and you might have to stay till at least Tuesday to, like, finish things up. As yeah. it turns out, we did. Uh, and I think the reason for that is because like, my brother's very efficient, very good foreman. He was just like, mm. you know what? Let's not make extra work for ourselves. Let's not double fist jobs. You know, if hey, like, if we need to move the soil, we should just move it to one place. Let's not move soil to one place and then to another. Um, that that didn't quite go to plan, however, because hey, I've got a public platform. I'll name and shame Wix. Uh, <laughs> dropped off my paving slabs at the front of my house. No, like we, asked, uh, we said, can you drop it on the driveway? They said absolutely, and. 
they technically did because it was based on like the lip of my driveway was where the the pallets were dropped which meant that we couldn't get a skip delivered which means we couldn't get uh the scalpings and the sand delivered so we had to move the uh bricks uh, move the paving slabs from one area of the like, driveway to the garden and then all of the soil that we dug up had to be moved from that into a skip so we actually did four times the amount of work that actually needed to be done that's infuriating that's infuriating. I could just imagine now a, a Twitter outcry from everyone <laughs> listening to this podcast and then Wix eventually writing back saying Luke screwed Luke or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sullivan, look, look at all of this soil. Oh, look at all of so this much. soil. That's not even all of it. I took that photo about sort of halfway through the project. Digging is a lot harder than it, it it's made to look on film and TV. If you're digging <laughs> anything for like more than five minutes, it's exhausting. Yeah, it was real tiring. <laughs> I was very, very tired. Um, anyway, we've got some, uh, some emails and stuff to get into mm. when we get uh, into the outro portion of this podcast. But you know what? I've, I've had enough of a little whinge and moan about digging up a garden. I'll now have a whinge and moan about Vince McMahon instead. Uh, oh so... my God. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so here is the raw review. On this episode of Raw, unannounced after the opening segments or so, we had Vince McMahon's music. I should, sorry, Mr. McMahon's music hit. Gotta be very clear, they're very different people, Sullivan. There's a big difference between Vince McMahon and the character of Mr. McMahon. So we, uh, so we had Mr. McMahon come out, and he's full of smiles. He's uh, got a big old grin on his face. The crowd erupt for his music. They're singing along with his music. You can see them all doing the Wayne's World bowing, th uh, bowing thing. And he gets into the ring, uh, looking older than he's ever looked in his life before. Uh, and he announced... I can't even say that he announced. What he said was, on next week's show, John Cena is going to be here. Mm. And that was announced on last week's episode of Raw. That's... You know, John Cena was going to be coming. Actually, was it last week? It might have been two weeks ago they announced that John Cena was returning. I think it was two weeks ago yeah. they announced Cena's coming back. So we already knew this was happening. We knew it was going to be happening on next week's show. And also, earlier on in this episode of Raw, they'd run a video package saying John Cena's on the show next week. So this yeah. segment served literally no purpose whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And yet... Mm -hmm. The commentators had to be like, what a bombshell announcement by the boss. What a thank <laughs> he graced us with his presence to make this incredible big announcement. And I was just I was kind of dumbfounded by this. When he came on SmackDown on Friday, there were people within the company, wrestlers and people backstage that thought what he was doing was tone deaf. It was embarrassing. And it mm. was like, he should not be going out there to do this. This is not the way you conduct yourself as a businessman when you have literally just stepped down as CEO and your daughter has taken over as interim CEO because you're under investigation by your own board for misconduct. And he is trained as a way to be like, well, it's a good way to go out and get rating and actually to get my ego stroked. Mm -hmm. I find this whole thing absolutely maddening and perplexing. But uh, Sullivan, what did you make of it all? It's mad. It's <laughs> mad. <laughs> 
I, like the first time he did it and doing it, you know, for a, like advertising it beforehand, as you said in your raw review, there's a possibility that that's just for a ratings bump. And Vince McMahon is that he just doesn't care about his own self image enough to, to basically, I mean, like it's, 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 it's an embarrassing thing that he is coming out and doing this. And it's also, I, 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 I can't believe that these, this crowd is cheering for him. Like, yeah. How is he not being booed out of the building? It's, it's unbelievable. It yeah. feels like a cult. It feels like a cult-like reaction for him. Because the same thing happened on SmackDown. Came out, and like, you know, Tempest and Pete were like giving people the benefit of the doubt. The news had only come out that day. Maybe they'd been at work. They hadn't seen the news. They were going there. But like, this is few days after the fact people do know what the situation is now and yet he is still coming out and getting cheers but you know i'm seeing people in the chat today being like vince has done nothing wrong he's gonna get through this it's every right it's still his show he can come out be there all he wants so like there is like this cultish atmosphere behind it well the thing is is right is that yes he has a legal right to be on this show of course that's not what anyone's arguing it's arguing whether it's in any way appropriate that he's putting himself out there for the only reason being basically him him as you say stroking his own ego and i think also he, from a publicity perspective he knows that these people are going to cheer for him and he wants to show this this image of of Vince McMahon this loved man and the audience when they're cheering for him, they are they are a hundred percent advocating everything that he's like being alleged of uh, having done. It is it's it's weird. It's so weird, and it's weird that it's working as well. Like you know the the um, that the audience are playing along with this and going like, yeah, we support you, Vince. You're great. No, <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. he's not. <laughs> but, you know, like we've seen this with Vince over the years, anyway. Because, like, hey, he released a bunch of people during a pandemic. Like, you know, he was doing a lot of bad business deals with Saudi Arabia. Like, the, you know, the, the Saudi Arabian government murdered a journalist, and like they're still doing deals with him and everything. But yet, people will always cheer McMahon because there is some of this sort of like cultish atmosphere behind him and the company as a whole. And it's it's very very weird. But you know, he is a man who has always displayed narcissistic behavior and this just feels like very very narcissistic behavior of just like i like people cheering me so i am going to go out there and and do this so i, I suppose the question can come is because you know I, I am seeing a lot of people being like it he's got every right to be on the show he should be on the show it's his company even though technically he's not the ceo anymore so it's not really his company he's not running the company anymore like you know he's just he maybe he should take a step back maybe just sort of like lay low for a little while no if you want to go out there and you want to be on this show absolutely if you feel like you have to go out there 100% do it have a reason to go out there like book yourself into a storyline you're in charge of creative like you'll still have that job like book, do something like go out yeah. there and make an, an announcement go out there and uh, announce a match for the main events have a reason to be out there going out there and, and saying something we already know is a waste of TV time. And this is mm -hmm. already a show that's filled with a lot of crap that is there just to be filler. The last yep. thing we need is more filler on this stuff. You could have cut mm -hmm. the segment and added another five, seven minutes to Champer AJ Styles, a match mm -hmm. that probably would have been really good with another five, seven minutes. So yep. like, I, if you're going to do it, have a reason to be doing this. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, and and the fact that he doesn't have a reason shows that his true motivations have nothing to do with the quality of the show. It's all about him. It's all about him showing. Look, 
I'm totally unaffected by this. Look at how powerful I am. Look at how great I am. Even when I'm in my 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 potentially worst moment in my whole career, I can come out here. Everyone will cheer me, and everyone loves me. Even so, it's all for his own ego. It's all for his self image, and probably to help him with this upcoming investigation. And the fact that he keeps him coming out like this, and he has looked happier in these two segments <laughs> than I have ever seen Vince McMahon in my whole life. <laughs> it's yeah. mad like it's insane. really yeah for me i i you know it, 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 if if i was in any way involved in the creative wwe i'd be like you aren't staying you aren't going on this show at all but let alone smiling being happy and just saying random stuff uh yeah <laughs> and then leaving like it's, it's, oh. The reports coming out from uh, Sean Ross App over at FightfulSelect.com that was like, you know, at, at SmackDown, he was, I think the quote was, he was practically jovial backstage. Mm. And, you know, he's laughing, he's smiling, he's no selling any of this. And, like, you're right, like, this could be, you know, this is the first time in 40 years that he has not been the CEO of WWE. This is, a, this is, like, I think a lot of people kind of play down, like, some of what's going on, but this is big, this is a big deal. And, mm. Should the board come back and say that he did act inappropriately by raising the using company's money to raise the salary of this paralegal because he had started a sexual relation with her and they deem that he cannot be, he's not fit for purpose anymore? That's it. Like he could be gone. This could be the end mm. of McMahon in WWE. So, like, this could be a, a big deal. And yeah, I think people are sort of just being like, oh, you know, he's just, it's Vince, isn't he? Like, it's just Vince being Vince, Vince just going out there and doing a thing. But like, it's, it makes me feel really weird. I don't know what it is about the show, but like, it, I was so mad into this show after that Fatal mm. Five-Way opener, because I thought the Fatal Five-Way opener was so cool. I thought it was a really, really awesome match, and I was really having a good time with yeah. it. And this just kind of took the wind out of my sails. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is I don't really know what the purpose of any of this is other than Vince going out there and kind of like some politicians that we have just being like, I've done nothing wrong. I'm the victim in all of this. Just mm -hmm. like I was the victim in the steroid trial in the early 90s. I was the person that they came after. Like, I'm the I'm the victim here. You should all feel sorry for me. Mm -hmm. And it just makes me feel like really, I said in my review, a bit icky. Like, it, yeah. I don't know what the best way to describe it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And it makes it makes me think that this board in boardroom investigation is going to be less about the actual appropriateness of this relationship and whether this money was uh, put forward, and whether Vince McMahon being part of WWE will harm the brand more than him not being a part of WWE. And this is Vince essentially making the argument: well, it doesn't affect me being a part of WWE. Doesn't affect. Uh, the brand so you may as well keep me around because I've been running the company for the whole, whole time I think Vince knows his board and knows that they're not going to really investigate this what they really care about is what people think about the company uh, and that yeah. makes me very sad <laughs> it is it's also kind of bizarre I mean maybe we're going slightly off tangent here we're kind of talking about things that people have already talked about over the weekend and stuff but it is you know like the, the whole reason he has stepped down is because the story came out like if this had mm. been a i am stepping down because of an investigation is going on to me he'd have stepped down when the investigation started which was around wrestlemania season the only reason he stepped yeah. down is because this came public and it became a, a new story and he they had to do something and putting stephanie mcmahon in position even though she'd left last month was really like a uh-oh we're under investigation for um quote passing a woman around like a toy 
put a mm-hmm. woman in charge because that's really good PR for us. So there's all these sort yeah. of like, you know, optics and stuff. I I was invited onto a law and crime podcast that has, I'm going to brag here, 3 million subscribers. What? I know. I know. They reached out to us and said, do you want to come on to our podcast and talk about this? And I was like, absolutely. I was like, do you need me to talk about the legal stuff? And they're like, no, no, no. We have got that bit covered. We need you to explain to us what the hell this man is and like what's going on here. And I was like, oh, that bit I can do. That's the easy bit. Like, that's the bit I'm good at. <laughs> I don't have a law degree. Don't bring no, me on for that, please. Absolutely not. No, but they, you know, it was really kind of eye opening for me to speak to someone who is kind of like involved in the law side of things, but not in the wrestling side of things to be like, he came out on a show when he's under investigation. And I, and I was still there like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course he did. Yeah, it's the most Vince McMahon thing you could possibly do. <laughs> of course he did. Of course yeah, he did absolutely. that. Yeah, why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he do that? Why wouldn't he do? That? But like, you know, this on SmackDown, I get it. Ratings bump here, it's not. This was not because this was unadvertised. So this mm-hmm. really is just. I want to go out there and just get the adulation from this crowd that I know I'm going to get. Mm. And man, it was just, uh, yeah, it felt really, really weird. And I, and I honestly think it's a complete waste of TV time. And, you know, like he'll probably do it again on SmackDown and then mm-hmm. he'll do it again on Raw after that and on SmackDown again after that. And we'll just keep on going and we'll just keep with keep this until the investigation is over and then whether he becomes a tv character again or whether he just steps back and just goes back to what he was doing previously mm, yeah absolutely it's know. just uh, what was this podcast that you're you're on can you can you say uh, what the name of it is i can do it, yeah so it was law and crime network uh law so in network. today's wrestle talk news it, it's linked to in the video descriptions available on um uh, apple and spotify and it was on youtube as well i'm in the second half of the episode because they it was like they they talked about a couple of things. There's some like Amber Heard and Johnny Depp stuff, and then I think there was yeah. some Bill Cosby stuff in the middle, and then there was me talking about Vince McMahon of all people. <laughs> um, so yes, I'm on there for like sort of seven minutes. It was, I actually had a grand old time. It was really, it was really nice chatting with them. I'm going to listen um, to it after the show. That'd be grand. Well, thank you all so much. I'm sure there's a link to it being posted in the chat if anyone wants to go and check that out. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. So let's get into your uh, ultra chats about this situation because I imagine people have got some thoughts on this. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, it is wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Uh, I have seen that the chat has been a bit spicy, so it is always worth remembering. Everyone has a different opinion on this. If you disagree with my opinion, that's absolutely fine. Like yes. that, that's absolutely fine. If you think this is a great thing to do, I have a grand old time. Just let, let's not all be dicks about this in the comment. I wouldn't be a dick about any of your opinions, so let's not be dicks. Have a great time. Let's all just enjoy the conversation and have a responsible conversation about this. Yes. Um, I would argue, if your point is, it's his show, he can do whatever he wants, I would have a point. Just <laughs> there for an actual reason. Anyway, Anna <laughs> Allen says, lovely gents. Pete and Tempest pretty much summed up how I feel about this Vince stuff. What he's doing now is pathologically and honestly insane. We've always known this, but he should not have this platform to self-promote and stroke his ego. Garbage. Supporting this man by continually giving him a, uh, giving up a platform for him to flex makes me sick. Something that does make me happy. Well done on the Monday Night War and CBW. Hilarious. Thanks you for contributing joy and happiness into the world. Lots of love. Jam that jam. Yeah. Big weekend for you and I because we had not only had the finale of CBW but the finale of the Monday Night War last night. Yes, I and I I loved uh, Monday Night War. It was great. It's uh, it's such a good series. I I really hope there's a series too because yeah, uh, me too. I, oh, it, it, I genuinely thought maybe you'll have a chance of pulling it back, and then when I saw your card, I was like, this isn't gonna happen. Disastrous, a disastrous <laughs> final episode for me, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> me, um, so me and Pete recorded a podcast. Um, spoilers for Monday Night War, by the way, mm. in the final episode. But um, me and Pete recorded a podcast that went out uh, for our Patreon back. Is kind of talking about you know the process of making it and you know the possibility of a second series and all this. And one of the questions was like, Pete, when did you know you'd won? He was like, about three weeks before the final show. <laughs> I was like, as soon as I got that veto card, I was like, that's it. I'm done. I've got this in the bag. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice one. I knew as well. Charles uh, <laughs> Berg said, So Vince comes out looking like a wax sculpture of himself, jovial as ever. I think I know why. Because in this maniac's warped bind, he thinks the biggest takeaway from this investigation is he can still perform at his age. And we're all super impressed. That was interesting. So when I did that podcast yesterday, they asked me, it's like, what, what's fans' perspective of, like, fans' perception of Vince? And I was like, well, you know, I think, like, Hardcore wrestling fans, particularly you know, going by the sort of reactions that we get and stuff, it's just like uh, Vince should retire. Vince is this. Vince is that. Bad creative makes a bad product. Fires people over a pandemic. This and the other. Mm. And yet, then he goes and has a match at WrestleMania, and it was 
and the reaction there was like, God, it's Vince though, isn't it? Like, what a wacky old man he is. Just like, <laughs> it's Vince McMahon. Like, and it's we do have this very bizarre relationship with Vinnie Mac. Yeah, he's he's like a horrible granddad. It's <laughs> just like like most of the time you're like, God, no, but the things that he says and does are terrible, but but he is crazy. <laughs> he's so wacky. Wacker wacker, it's Vince McMahon. <laughs> and in those moments, we're just like we forget everything else. We just go, Oh yeah. Oh, I yeah. don't mind about the Saudi Arabia deal. I don't yeah, mind yeah. about firing people. He in takes the band. that terrible stunner, and all of those years are just sort of washed away. She's like, did you see that stunner cell? How awful it was. <laughs> it's amazing. He's got a very good ability of doing that. Uh, Riot DR says, hey yo. So I won SmackDown. McMahon opened the show and said nothing. Last night, McMahon comes out to tell us stuff we already know. This is either a flex showing us he doesn't stress the current issue, or he's having his own farewell tour and needs the ego boost. It's either ridiculous or kind of sad. Also, I feel icky when you use the word stroke in a sentence involving Vince. But seriously, what a waste of time. Hi, Sullivan. Jam that jam. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean... I... I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I buy into this whole retirement, like because people are saying sort of like a farewell tour or a retirement tour or things like that. It doesn't feel that way. No, I don't think Vince has any plans to ever retire in his life. I think if 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 Vince's dream is to run WWE for all time, living as a cyborg creative uh, <laughs> monster <laughs> that, where he's replaced every part of his body and and so he now can just run wwe creative for all time that's his dream he never there wants is to retire. there is a twilight zone episode and its name is escaping me now so i'm hoping someone's gonna be able to tell me in the chat because otherwise it's gonna drive me insane mm. and i'm tr and, I, and i think i've got the plot of this right it's a daughter whose father is this awful awful man it might be a grandfather awful awful man always bossing around the house she cooks and cleans for him and everything like that he then dies. I can't quite remember how he dies, but the big twist of the episode is he had his conscience put into a robot. So then the robot is just ordering her around the house and stuff. <laughs> and uh, you just mentioned that. I was like, is that what is Vince going to like put his conscience into, into a computer? And like, now like... welcome Vince McMahon's brain. <laughs> it's Mr. McMahon. That's a little like massive fifty style robot comes out with like, doodly dials on it and stuff. Thank you, Andy. It's called it's called Uncle Simon. Thank you so much. For, like, I knew that's why I love our chat. I knew someone yeah. would be there straight with it. Uh, Dart Train. Hello, lads. Uh, I feel I love being able to listen to you guys when I'm having a bad day. I tested positive for the Rona. Sullivan. I also oh. don't know uh, why they cheer for BKM. It's why I only watch AEW. I can't support VKM or their gross corporate habits. If Vince coming out results in a few talented, underused people requesting releases, then them being granted it, so be it. This S company. Bridget is not helping things either. Also, New Japan was fun tonight. A great return happened. This pod feels pandemic era. Doesn't suppose, but we're sort of like different windows to each other. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It must be, yeah, it's kind of almost retro. Eventually, it's going to come back and be cool. Uh. <laughs> um, but also, so, uh, sorry to hear that you tested positive. That really sucks. Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, stay safe uh, and, and get healthy soon. 
Uh, Ten Rosa said, oh no, we've got that one. Nicholas Wong said, the public face of a corporation appears on TV, essentially telling everyone to ignore the controversy about him because we need him. Is this WWE or an episode of The Boys with Homelander ranting that he's the hero? Oh mm. dear. I thought it was Cody, but actually it's Vince. Uh, legit underboss said, how much money would you bet that Vince will make his NXT debut tonight? <laughs> 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 if he does that would be unbelievable Unbe yeah, that's it God. like that's when he's taking things too far like he's yes. just showing up at 2.0 uh and tom yeah. evans says i don't know about you guys but it felt awkward after vince came out it felt as though i was supporting him by watching the product they should have just kept him away in my opinion jam that jam tom that's kind of what i would say as well like that's mm -hmm. kind of where i i certainly on the subject Man, what is happening with the wrestling world? Everyone's getting injured at the moment. Like every single toy's having their squeaker removed and they're just sort of being put oh, on the shelf. It's terrible, and it feels like in like five or six months we're going to have like a thousand returns. Because... <laughs> I, know, <yeah. laughs> I feel I feel very sad for uh, Rhea Ripley. That was going to be a great match against her and Bianca Belair. Um, uh, yeah, real shame. Yeah, uh, it is a real yeah. shame. Um, so yeah, Bianca Belair came out to announce that Rhea Ripley is injured. Uh, she's not going to be medically cleared to compete at Money in the Bank, so they're going to crown a new number one contender to her title in a fatal five-way uh, between Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Carmella, Asuka, and Becky Lynch. Uh, and then each of them came out to do the interrupting promo who gimmick, uh, and then it resulted in a match. So I, I thought that the lineup was bizarre because two of them were already in Money in the Bank. Liv Morgan essentially said. I would trade in my money in the bank spots for a shot of the title. I'm like, stay in money in the bank. That's a much better idea. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you it's, win money it's... in the bank, you're almost guaranteed to win the title. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. If your odds are hugely increased if you win money in the bank. Yeah. It's it's just when you decide you want exactly. to win the title. And also oh. I think I feel like this is, you know, lives second chance of becoming number one contender in like the last three weeks so you'll probably get another chance at one of these matches down the line so stick with your money in the bank plan and another one of these will crop up in the next couple of weeks yeah. um but yeah it was it was a you know fairly decent opening segment but the yeah. match itself Lexa oh. Bliss versus Liv Morgan versus Carmella versus Asuka versus Becky Lynch was absolutely awesome yeah. crowd were quiet at the start but like they really really picked up towards mm -hmm. the end of this and it was so so good yes absolutely it was one of those matches where it felt like chaos but it was actually just really well put together it was really really well thought out really really good stuff and like it was you you had it like even though um and i it, i saw your uh raw review earlier on the news and it was you know you made the point of like Carmella, you know, felt like the person who was probably going to win this because everyone else has stuff to do. Um, it was, I, I, I still, like, I, I, every single near fall, I was still going like, oh, maybe, oh, okay, maybe Becky Lynch is going to win. Oh, my goodness. Oh, okay, right. Well, that's fine. And, and then, you know, and then it would be stopped again. And I was, yeah, I was excited throughout. It was great. Really, really good match. The the Hurricane Rana, like the top rope Hurricane Rana spot into almost like a senton onto Liv Morgan, I thought was absolutely spectacular stuff. And I thought Becky and Asuka were awesome in this match. Like, just mm -hmm. they felt like they just kept cancelling each other out. 
So like anytime one of them was getting an advances, they would just cancel each other out. And Becky getting so many near falls and having those near falls taken away from her just really furthers that character of like, I where is my one-on-one rematch for this title? And mm. every opportunity just keeps getting taken away from it. And it's kind of adding to this downward spiral. And I, I just thought it, that stuff was really, really good. Yes, absolutely. Uh, her her portrayal of this character is really, really fun. She's absolutely brilliant at, at portraying someone who is slowly becoming more and more unhinged because of uh, her never quite getting that title back and it's yeah and and not and not getting that title shot now it's just oh it's great yeah. i thought this was so so good and then after the match so yeah carmella won uh she hit a super kick on Liv morgan for the win i, I think yeah it, it, as a pick it does make the most sense um mm-hmm. because the other four are kind of like busy doing other stuff my only issue with this is that it does feel like a massive step down from Rhea Ripley. Now, yeah. I, there were a few people who kind of took me up on this in the, the the edited review being like, well, you're always banging on about them trying to create some new stars and push some new faces. But now they're doing that and you're kind of complaining. It's like, well, you can like there's not one or the other. You could have mm. built Carmella up over the last few weeks of like winning some matches and stuff because she hasn't had a match since April. And like yeah. the last time we saw her, she was dicking around with 24-7 stuff. So like she doesn't feel like she is a top level person, which is why yes. I made the comparison to Akira Tozawa. Like she doesn't feel like she is on Rhea Ripley or Bianca Belair or Becky Lynch's level. She feels so down further down the card. You could have risen her back up, done some weeks of booking to make her feel important again. So that when she wins this match, it feels like a big time matchup between Bella and Carmella. Whereas it mm. currently stands now, it just feels like it's going to be a, a throwaway match at the pay-per-view. Yes, absolutely. I mean, like, I think we all thought that Bianca Belair was probably going to retain her title anyway. But now we really know that that's going to happen. And it's um, it's 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 difficult, I suppose, from WWE's perspective, because I, I'm guessing this injury just happened with Rhea Ripley. Um but they they should have they should have built up Carmella a little bit more than just bringing her on now after like two months three months away. yeah of not even being on the show like I I I haven't watched uh, uh, that much SmackDown in the last few months and so I just presumed she was on SmackDown <laughs> <laughs> she's been moved across <laughs> oh oh well that must have happened at some point. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Kind of in the same um, way, you know, hey, Big E just got moved across and no one said anything. Like, it's probably a similar situation. Yeah. These things happen just in the night. A random rule statement will be done. And you're like, okay, all right. They've moved. <laughs> and I thought that had happened with Carmella. <laughs> so I was surprised to see her in the first place. And then when she won, I was like, all right, okay. It's just an opponent. Uh, uh- when yeah. Becky's shouting at Adam Pierce backstage, um, remind, and then he basically said, like, oh, by the way, you were supposed to face Asuka for a, a spot in the Money in the Bank. She was like, oh, yeah, I was. And Adam Pierce like, I'm just going to rebook that main event and you're going to do it tonight. And I was like, okay, <laughs> cool. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Grant. And, and Becky, Becky was entirely reasonable, going like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that is fair. Because if if that was how my boss dealt with me, I'd be fuming. <laughs> uh, we then got all the Vince McMahon stuff. Um, oh. One of, uh, well, actually, I think this might have been the second or third big recap of Brock's return on SmackDown. 
Brock Glass in case of emergency. Randy Orton's out, so we called uh, Lesnar instead. But it was a case of just like, yeah, here's the really big storyline in WWE, but that's on the other show. You're watching the uh, you're watching the B show right now. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's so odd, so surreal to see Raw be basically just the B show. <laughs> that is three um... hours. <laughs> it's a three hour B show. <laughs> Why do they do this to us? So long to be a B show. It was fine when SmackDown was the B show. It's only two hours. Like it was yeah. really easy to watch. Mm. <laughs> Raw three hours, not good. Um, then I, I thought this was also odd as well. So Riddle comes out and cuts a promo and talks about, you know, he's going to win money in the bank and it's going to get him a shot at the title. And I was like, but the whole stakes behind your match against Roman on Friday was that if you didn't win, you couldn't challenge for the belts again. So why are you now being booked in a match where you could possibly get money in the bank match and have an 85% chance of, of winning the belt when you face Roman for the belts? Like, why is Riddle, why does Riddle get a qualifier here? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't matter anyway because he didn't win. He got very no. easily beaten by a mass. Uh, lots of boring bear hugs. Um, mm -hmm. I think this is probably the most heat that he's ever got, though, which is partly down to everyone really liking Riddle. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Amos in Money in the Bank doesn't... Uh, I, I don't like the sound of that much. This is the thing. I, I Like, I thought, oh, well, it, you know, it's they, they, they put themselves in one of those situations that WWE, WWE always do, where they book a match and then they go, oh, there's no good options as to who wins. What do we do? Um, and I was thinking, okay, well, maybe... They're gonna they're gonna put Amos over because otherwise you have Amos losing continually. He's a giant and he loses to an injured riddle. That's not great. But also at the same time, Amos in a ladder match sounds terrible. <laughs> I, I feel like they're gonna do that spot where he takes a step onto the ladder rung and the and it breaks. So yep. like they have to go get like a super do an ooper duper ladder out to like uh, so yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure they'll have some spots in there, but Mm -hmm. Hey, I'd probably I'd rather riddle in the match, even though it doesn't make any sense. Yes. Um, but afterwards, Seth Rollins came out and attacked him, and then Rollins cut this promo on Riddle saying that he's going to win Money in the Bank and he's going to cash in a room because he's the only one that has got Roman's number. And then stomped Riddle into the ground afterwards. So that sets up a program between Riddle and Rollins, which I think is going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Um, mm. I think that could be a really, really good program. Yes, absolutely. And hopefully uh, uh, they don't do it for three months like they did with Cody. <laughs> hopefully they just do it for a normal length of time because they're both oh. great and they'll do really well. Oh, sweet, sweet Sullivan Brown. <laughs> <laughs> sweet, naive Sullivan Brown. What do you mean, Gav? <laughs> It'll be over by the next pay-per-view, I'm sure. They'll just do one pay-per-view cycle and then move on to new things. <laughs> Both characters will have changed, but <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have new arcs to to explore. Oh, maybe. Oh. Um, so speaking of things that are you know similar to previous weeks, Theory basically did the pose down again. He just came out and just did the yeah. exact pose down thing he did last week. Only Bobby yep. sprayed uh, baby oil in his face this time. Uh, I thought the thought the payoff was good when uh, Theory was taking the selfie and Bobby was behind him. I thought that was actually quite a, a good reveal for, for Theory. I thought that was fun. Um, but yeah, so it, a, a good payoff, but it wasn't like a... I don't know if I needed to see Austin Theory flexing <laughs> trapezoids or whatever they're called. Like, I, don't, I don't think... While him with the Britney Spears microphone and stuff, I don't think I need to see this two weeks in a row. No, no. 
I don't know if we needed to see it one week <laughs> in a row. <laughs> I've written, that was stupid fun, is what I've written this one. <laughs> yes, for this. Yeah, great, great way to describe it. Stupid fun. <laughs> I I like, it was it, so odd, the pose down the week before. <laughs> um, uh, but I don't know why they did it again. But I liked the, I liked the almost pantomime-esque moment of, of he's behind you yeah yeah yes, yeah absolutely brilliant uh got a recap of judgment day kicking edge out of their group they've not been on tv since and they were on main event this week <laughs> oh no i know i had that reaction as well i went to the office mandy said did you see that judgment day were on main event i was like oh no no <laughs> oh not main event <laughs> why would they do that to them oh Oh. Could have had that. Could have had, it was uh, Judgment Day versus the Mysterions. Could have put that in place of Vince yep. McMahon stroking his ego. Um, also, apparently on main event spoilers for you know for the two people in the chat that may care about main event results. Dewdrop is the twenty four seven champion now. Oh, yeah. oh, but also no, no, <laughs> get her out of that. Get her out of it. But also no, oh no, not Dewdrop. <laughs> She's really good. She shouldn't oh. be doing that. But I'm glad she's got a championship. That's nice. Uh, yes. Yeah, that is. Always, uh, do you know what? That's exactly what Adam said in the office. He was like, well, at least Viper has a belt now. <laughs> like, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> that's something. Um, backstage Theory said that Lashley doesn't deserve a shot at the US title. So he booked him in a uh, Gordon match where he has to beat three guys in a row uh, to get the US title match at uh, Money in the Bank. And then the Usos came out for a promo and they talked for a little bit. And then the Street Profits came out and sort of answered and they chatted for a little bit. And I was like, Craig, and I kind of went back on my notes. And I was thinking like, why am I not feeling a lot of this show? And it, it can't just be the Vince stuff. So yeah. I went back and I looked. The opening segment was a lot of talking, um, you know, featured six people cutting promos. Then we had mm. a match. Then we had Becky Lynch cutting a promo. Then Vince McMahon cut a promo. Then Riddle cut a promo. Then MVP cut a promo. And then Riddle and Amos had a short match. Then Rollins attacked Riddle and cut a promo while doing it. Then Theory had a promo. And then we got a recap package. Then Theory had a promo backstage. Then the Usos had a promo. And the Street Profits had a promo. And then the next thing we have after this is the concert with Elias doing a lot of talking. <laughs> and I was like, bloody hell. Like, this is so much talking on this episode. It was very talky. I don't know why anyone did, why everyone felt the need, or we're about to do a match. We must have a little chat though before. Uh, it's just it's filling time. It really yeah. does feel like they've they've mapped out a show and we're like, well, we've got a seven minute match here. But when we map mapped out, there's still forty five minutes we need to fill here of times. Like, well, we'll have a everyone just gets to cut a promo beforehand. Yeah, and it was just, it was so much talking. I was I was really ready for a match. And what we ended up was Angelo Dawkins versus Jey Uso in a three minute match. Yes, and Dawkins won. Yep, and it was just one of those things where. You're like, okay, uh, I guess they're they're giving a few wins to the street profits because they're gonna lose on the pay per view, um, and like you can't have it, you know, they, you can't have them losing before the pay per view either. That also makes it obvious that they're gonna lose on the pay per view. Maybe maybe you should build up your tag teams a bit better <laughs> so it's not obvious who is definitely going to win and lose on the pay per view because at the moment it's yeah it does it seems pretty predictable to me. Uh, most one of the. Pictures. 
Well, one of the benefits of doing these shows from home, uh, Solomon Bo Brown, is that I get to highlight chats, uh, which I don't really get to do on the live show. It's a bit harder to do. Uh, but there are some chats I did want to highlight here because they really made me laugh. This one from Mr. Tomato. Judgment Day just got turned into Judge Midday. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Charles Berg, we're talking about the chat. Um, it was exposition heavy with very little exposition. That's a key <laughs> aspect of this. So much talking and not a lot is said. <laughs> Absolutely. So much recap over what just happened. <laughs> what just happened? What, oh. Literally what just happened. <laughs> and then William here, like this one, can't get injured if everyone cuts promos. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, the wrestling world is going through an injury crisis for some reason. <laughs> yeah. So that is fair. I also saw someone uh, talking about our cyborg Vince McMahon earlier in the chat who uh, decided to call him Vince McMahon. And I really enjoyed that. <laughs> oh, we've got some very talented people who watch this show. I want to see a drawing of Vince McMahon. <laughs> That's a character for CBW Series 3. When, oh we, get in, goodness, when we get to the Colossal Tussle, when we get to that ru- the, the, the rump of the Russell, that is Vince Incredible. I can't wait. Um, oh. Having said that, though, I mean, you've got to bring back Sob Ross. He was so over. Oh. Everyone, everyone loved Sob Ross Sullivan. <laughs> he was so lovable. <laughs> My God, Sobros. I got a text a message from my friend Ash today that said, I loved Sobros. Uh, I thought it was tremendous. And I was like, everyone in the office hated Sobros. Because... <laughs> the thing is, is that if you spend any time with Sobros, <laughs> you just hear him just moaning for ages about his sad life. It's hard to love him. It might have also helped as well that everyone just got to saw the get to see the edited version of the, of the battle royal, whereas the real life version of the battle royal, no joke, was ninety minutes long. Because <laughs> so we were, it was ridiculous. Nobody would get eliminated. No one could get eliminated with six players doing that battle royal. Bloody hell! It took us ninety minutes to record. At the end of it, Adam was just like, "Guys, we really need to wrap through this. We've already started three hours late." <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, oh. so speaking of fun nonsense, mm-hmm. last week Ezekiel said. My brother Elias is going to be on Raw next week. And we were all sitting there being like, I wonder how they're going to do this. Will, Eli- Will Zeke just come out and be like, oh, I'm really sorry, but Elias is stuck in traffic. He can't make it to the building. Would he just grow a beard in the week, like the week that they're not there and just come out as Elias and we won't have Zeke on the show? No, we actually got the best version of this camera trickery yeah. <laughs> and a glue on beard. <laughs> absolutely brilliant i love this i love this so much so good like they they have a backstage segment together where they sit on a very long couch to make the camera trickery all the bit easier and had a conversation with each other about their parents and about his debut on raw and about how elias happy to be back oh my god this was so so much fun it's it's brilliant. It's pitched so perfectly. Where like 
their conversations are like two genuine brothers really loving each other. Yeah. And 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 it's really great. It's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> and, and 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 when when it, it goes to his concert, which I think it does that happen? That's no, the next happens, segment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, literally the next segment, isn't it? So he's going and doing the concert, having Kevin Owens pointing at everything that a, a, a fan at home would be thinking, which is like, oh well, obviously they've done crap camera trickery there and like things like that. That is just brilliant because no one believes. <laughs> so I guess this in in the world of WWE, Ezekiel mm. is his younger brother. They yeah. aren't the same person. He legit is just the younger brother of Elias. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Good. It's good to know. And it was just, <laughs> I, I thought it was really fun. And like the Elias beard was the perfect, like, because it was a really well executed fake beard, yep. but obvious enough that it was still a fake beard. Yes. Like it was really, really well done. <laughs> this was such silly nonsense. And I really, really enjoyed it. It's. I, I, it's, it was, it was my favorite of all of the talky bits. This was my, by far my favorite talky bit. Oh, absolutely. Oh. Yeah. So oh. Elias literally tries to do a concert and Kevin Owens comes out before it starts and said, this is all just effects. And then said, I saw a movie last week that had a dinosaur in it. This is possible. <laughs> Great source. Great, Great source. Absolutely. And then, you know, Elias is in the ring. Ezekiel appears on the Titan Tron just to say, yep. no, look, that's just my brother. And Kevin Owens' face during all this was amazing. And Elias sings a song about Kevin Owens being a liar. And I was like, this story is going nowhere, but this is a very fun segment. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's so brilliant. And at what point? Because later on in the show, they talk about how there's the third brother. But I don't even remember that happening in the thing because I was just, I think I was laughing too much. I actually was it, laughing out loud. It came oh. from Kevin Owens, like, you know, Kevin Owens, he gets a knee in the face by uh, Elias and then he goes backstage and he trips over when he comes backstage as well. And he's just like, my face hurt because you need me. I just tripped over. That's also Elias's fault. And then <laughs> Ezekiel walks up to him and Kevin Owens is freaking out even more. And he challenges either Elias ezekiel or their other brother elrod to a match next week <laughs> what does elrod look like because i hope it's elrod i really hope that elrod comes out i don't know what he looks like he was on the graphic there's every chance it's elrod i hope it's elrod <laughs> <laughs> what's he gonna because they've got the beard they've got the no beard what have you got in between i don't know I, I get like a goatee, maybe like it's yeah. the, the, the middle portion. Yeah, a mustache, an mm. eye patch. Um, love who it. knows what it'll be? <laughs> I, yeah. I love it. I think they all play their parts beautifully. And I mean, I say they all, there's only two people in reality, there's only two people, but they all play their parts beautifully. And it's just great. I loved it. I love this. Uh, yeah, we had uh, who wants to walk with Elias? Who wants to speak with Zeke? And as Aero Links has got here, who wants to trod with Elrod? <laughs> yes! Superb. Love it. Oh. Uh, we then got the Bobby Lashley gauntlet match. Uh, he took on Chad Gable and then Otis. I think, did both matches end in DQ? Because he got like the he got the the hurt lock onto Chad Gable and then Otis jumped in the ring, but I wasn't sure if Chad had already tapped or whether Otis caused the DQ. The second match was definitely a DQ win, yes. but I wasn't sure. 
I think the first one, I felt like he tapped in the first one, and then Otis came in straight away after he tapped. Right. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Yeah. I, I wasn't uh, quite sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's like Alpha Academy both got beats, uh, and then they start beating him up afterwards. And then I, I thought this actually was a really nice touch here, which is that Austin Theory was the third mm. guy in the corner. So he comes down and already beaten up Bobby Lashley. You know, the crowd like, boo, Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. And then Theory beats him down and beats him down, beats him down. And Bobby Lashley gets a really sweet inside cradle from out of nowhere for the win. Mm. So he gets his match at Money in the Bank. And they were putting over on commentaries like, he, like that was Bobby Lashley at 60%. What's going to happen with Austin Theory when Bobby Lashley is at 100% at Money in the Bank? Yeah, yeah, I thought this was very simple but effective mm -hmm. storytelling. Yeah, I really liked it. And I really liked having the champion as the final one. You don't really see that usually. Yeah. Um, uh, unless it's sort of like pre-announced as like, you've got to beat all these guys and then beat me. Um, and yeah, I, 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 for me, because it was... Uh, it was a it was a roll up as well, wasn't it? So it wasn't yeah. like it was um, it was a sneaky win that he had to get because he was in such pain from the previous matches. Um, it, I genuinely don't know who wins this match on the pay per view, and uh, that's when I'm most excited. Is where I think actually either 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 one could win this, and uh, and I think it probably will be Theory because I think they'll want to stick it on Theory for longer. But I wouldn't be surprised if Bobby won, and yeah. I, I, I like this. Um, I don't know why Alpha Academy are like Champa, just just working for other heels. But you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I can see Austin Theory retaining because I would think they're going to do Theory Cena at SummerSlam uh, mm. for maybe for the US title. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I could see that. But then I, I guess for me, just do a lame DQ finisher because I don't, I don't think Theory is pinning Bobby Lashley at Money yes. in the Bank. Um, hey, I mean, if they do, what a great way to like build him some credibility. That'd be amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I thought this was a, actually quite a fun little segment. I thought it protected Theory as well because it was like a surprise roll-up victory. Like, I don't think Theory lost anything in this loss. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, Belair cut a promo backstage and Carmella attacked her from behind. And then we got Ms. TV with AJ Styles. And it's every Ms. TV segment you've ever seen. I mm -hmm. cannot say anything else about Ms. TV segments. I, I, yep. uh, people can rag on me in the comments. I didn't like a Ms. segments. I, it, it, does, it doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> no, because ultimately he always brings out a guest. He and the guest don't get along. <laughs> 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 or if they're and heels, then, they do. They do. And then they'll talk about how they don't get along with the face, and then the face might come out and mess things up. But in this case, he's a it, AJ's a baby face, so they don't get along. He says he's got tiny balls like a popcorn, and <sighs> then <laughs> and then they have a little bit of a fight. And then they did, and uh Champer attacked um AJ afterwards and like they they were putting this over on commentary because Miz was then out for commentary for the Champa match and I kind of phrased the question last week the why Miz was out there for the Champa riddle match and I was like why is Miz involved in all of this riddle stuff and actually I think I missed the bigger picture there which is it's more that Miz is involved in all the Champa stuff or Champa's involved in all the Miz stuff mm. and they're kind of sort of telling this story that 
Champa is like a hired gun for them, which I actually think is quite a fun little character for, for Champa to be this hired gun. Um, yeah, but it's like, but the Miz is kind of he's not acknowledging that because he's like, I've never had a conversation with Champa in my life. Like, I, I've never spoken to this man. He's clearly got a lot of upside and a lot of potential, but I, I don't know him personally. I don't know why he keeps getting involved in all of my things. So I think that could be a fun little story to tell here. I would argue, though, that uh, Champ is a terrible hired gun because he loses every single week. <laughs> yeah, you need anyone else to be a hired gun. because <laughs> <laughs> You need a better hired gun, Miz. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, he could well be, like, a really good hired gun. It's a good way to introduce him, potentially, if he was winning these matches. Um, and then, and then you have him turning on Miz. It's a shame because it feels like they're not taking advantage of the fact that Champa, you know, is a pretty good promo. He can, you know, he can mm. really talk, and they're not really taking advantage of that so much. Uh, yeah, I don't really know what they're doing with Champa. <laughs> it's very confusing. And Miz going, we've never spoken. I don't know who he is. <laughs> This lad that keeps showing up in all my segments keeps on keeps on beating up people that I don't like, I guess. But I don't know who he is. You know, but this was this was AJ Styles versus Tommaso Ciampa, so like it was good for the time that they had. I wish they had more time because I think these two could put on that. Like, of course, they could put on an absolutely banging match. We didn't quite get that here, um, but AJ wins and then he lays out Miz after the match too. So I guess. Miz and AJ are now feuding. It feels like a, a real big step down for AJ after the edge stuff. Like this just feels like a real fall from grace for him, which is a which is a bit of a shame. Yeah, I I, I think that they're doing this because AJ needs a win. My God, he needs a win. Mm -hmm. I mean, if if he if he the last time he won was in money money in the bank last year, so he needs to win at least. In this, uh, in terms of on pay per view, that is, yeah, yeah, and so it's like he needs to win this pay per view match. If it, I don't know if they're having a pay per view match, it, it wasn't like this, but I guess they haven't announced as much yet. No, because yeah. like, because I mean, AJ's not in money in the bank, and I don't think Miz isn't either, so that maybe, maybe they'll do something at the pay per view, yeah. It, it, be, it might be, it might be a thing where they uh are, are just giving him a win, they know that Miz can take that loss, and that's fine. Uh, just to sort of go like, all right, no, AJ isn't the worst wrestler in the world. <laughs> He's actually pretty good and hasn't deserved this losing streak. Uh, yeah. We've got a, a recap of Veer versus the Mysterions and then Veer cut a promo with Kevin. Uh, didn't really say a whole deal. Just said fear Veer and that was it. <laughs> it's a weird promo. <laughs> <laughs> Very odd. Uh, and then we had our main event of Becky Lynch versus Asuka. Of, of course, it was a great match. I, I mean, look, I've got this. I can't really complain. This was a great match because yep. Becky Lynch is awesome and Asuka is awesome, and they had a really, really great match together. And it, it is just, it's ultra nitpicky of me, and I do appreciate that. And like, feel please feel free to call me out on it. But I've seen them wrestle six times in the last seven weeks, mm -hmm. and twice on this show. Like, it, it's just I, I kind of want this to feel like a, a bigger deal than it does. Like I want, I want this to feel more special than it does. Yes, and it's it's always good. But like, imagine if you got to this see this match every few months or whatever it is, and like, so you're like, oh my god, they're going I get to see that match again. Can't wait to see that. Like, and you split them off into various different things. I just think them constantly wrestling each other. Like they, I feel like they've had four like raw main events recently, and it's just, mm -hmm. I, I I'm not sick of watching them wrestle, but I. Do I worry that this is going to diminish the specialness of Becky Lynch versus Asuka? 
definitely, definitely. I mean, they were in a match together earlier on this show. So yeah. it's, it's, it's like, it's always good stuff. It's always good matches, but this is a, a continual problem with WWE is that they just, they just do the same matches again and again and again. And they don't feel like for some reason, they seem to have it in their mind that the way that you build a feud between two people is just make them fight over and over and over again until there's a certain point where you eventually stop fighting. But it's, yeah, it's like if you wanted to do like a, a series of pay-per-view matches between them um, over like many, many months and all the other, then 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 maybe, yes, that could be very exciting if you do it in the right way. But not every week. Not every week. It's, oh, it's a shame. And like, I, you know, Asuka winning makes sense. It plays into Becky's character really nicely. So no complaints about the match. No complaints. About no the complaints about the match. Yeah, match was great yeah. and i i think asuka winning is the right call as well because it, it asuka she goes into money in the bank and becky has another loss and that yep. continues the downward spiral for becky so i thought it was completely the right call to make yeah. uh overall i as a show it was weak because i gave this episode two out of five uh in the mm -hmm. the edited review now that I've kind of you know talked about it a little more, I don't know if I, that feels unfair because I really did enjoy all the Elias stuff for how silly it all was, and I thought the opening five way was was really great. But it's like I I think the Vince thing just did kind of take the wind out of my sails a little bit, and I, I kind of I had to feel like a real down view of this show. Yeah. So I I think I am sticking with two out of five, but it's kind of like the higher end of a two out of five. Yeah, I I think that's entirely fair. I think I. I... Like this, 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 the thing is that this Vince thing, um, I, I think you, you kind of have to give it two out of five at the most because with that Vince stuff, it's just, it's just horrible. Like the way that they're doing it, it's, it's horrible. It's inappropriate. It's not nice. And this show had lots of positive qualities, but, um, to be honest, like they're they're bringing down what could be ultimately a strike. Like you know, that was a, probably like a three out of five show without the Vince stuff. Maybe, mm, maybe, yeah. maybe even a high a high three out of five. But with the Vince stuff, I think I think two out of five is entirely fair. Yeah, I, I think, and also it being three hours long, like it, yeah. it's 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 too. I mean, yeah. Hey, hot take, everyone. Three hours of Raw is too long, but oh. it's it it just when it's. <laughs> Like when it's mid 2000s SmackDown or like early 2010s mm -hmm. SmackDown, where it really was the B show, and like when Raw was Raw Super Show that had both Raw and SmackDown stars in it, and SmackDown was just just for SmackDown lads and lasses, and it was mm -hmm. just like there's no point in watching SmackDown. It's yeah. kind of like what Raw feels like at the moment, and it's and I mm. and I that makes it very hard then when the show is three hours long to kind of yeah. keep invested in it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. But we are going to open up the poll now if uh, Mod Mother Jenna is there. Can we put up a poll for uh, what you thought of Raw? So rating it out between one and four. We'll have that poll up very, very shortly for you to all vote. And we'll have the results for that in the outro portion of the show. However, we've got to shout out some very special people, those being our $25 and above Patreon pledge hammers at the patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Oh, Sullivan, what a week we've got coming up on Patreon. Uh, I mean, 
we've talked about CBW, the final backstage podcast, yourself, Adam and Tom talking about the series overall and that final episode of CBW. Great, great listen. Um, talking about each match individually, kind of talking about them from a character perspective. I, I, I thought it was a really, really fascinating podcast. So you can go check that out. Pete and I dropped a hour long chat about Monday Night War and how we made the show and real like backstage in like we go deep into sort of the analytics of the show and talk about like why it might be difficult for us to get a second season of it. Um, on Thursday, it's Fan Quizzle Mania. And we've got a hell of a Quizzle Mania coming up this week because it's the Denise Alcedo one. But you yourself can be part of Quizzle Mania by uh, joining in Fan Quizzle Mania that you are co-hosting this week, Sullivan. Yes, indeed. Can't wait. <laughs> you and Andy Datsun and Tempest, of course, can be a very, very fun show. And then on Friday, myself and Oliver Davis will be recording our review of TNA Slammiversary 2005. Thank you to all of you for helping that win the poll i was watching yesterday and i had a nostalgia overload i had a wonderful wonderful time watching it that an opening six-way match that's about seven minutes long is brilliant and it's got shark boy in it and i had a and i was like it's on the train and the shark boy thing when i was watching it oh it's such a good time loved i love 2005 tna it's it's great but also really cack at the same time oh beautiful wonderful stuff <laughs> oh maybe i'll go and watch it as well just for should, fun it's, <laughs> it's free on youtube it's great tna loaded it themselves it's free to watch on youtube ravens in the main event it's tremendous stuff absolutely wonderful bollocks um Amazing. and also if you are one of our 25 dollar and above patreon play champions you get your name shouted out on the air like these fine folk manipulating manny umaria how do you like them apples marcel dura marcus he's got soul campbell have a glass of sherry, Martel J. Simmons. He's got two first names, Matt Howard. The real boss, Matt Robinson. What's love got to do, got to do with it, Matthew Turner. You'll never get this name right, you idiots, Matthew... Jmijowski. <laughs> <laughs> that's good we always say jim zimjuski but i don't know if that's right either and matthew's never yeah. corrected us um <laughs> max kurd wallander wallen michael jensen radio michael mark for life plowman and meticulous michaela traub thank you all so much for backing us over at patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk Let's get into the rest of your ultra chats. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Get your voice. Oh, we've got a few more here on the Vince McMahon situation. Uh, Tom Evans saying, I don't know about, I don't know if that's the same Tom Evans that I went to school with, but if it is, uh, let me know. Um, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I felt awkward after Vince came out. I felt as if I was supporting him. Oh, no, we did that one earlier in the day. So thank you anyway for that one. Uh, Will said, hi guys, Vince coming out clearly killed the mood for you, Luke, because your review took a turn for the overly critical. I didn't think the show was that bad. I felt it was at least a three out of five. Vince's music is still the most over in the company. And as I chanted Tempest and Denise on the Friday show, the board is still conducting the investigation and nothing's been definitively proven yet. I understand it's frustrated that Vince is doing this, but it still hasn't been shown to be guilty. Hi, Sullivan. Now, there's a point you've made there, Will, that's not entirely wrong, which is that he hasn't been found guilty of, of wrongdoing yet. That's entirely fine. 
However, like they themselves did admit that he did have the affair. Like that is mm. in their own statement. They were like, it was a consensual affair. And it's less about whether or not he had the affair because we've known that about Vince over the years. Like that's not the thing that really bothers me. I think like the upping the pay and using WWE monies for that. Like I think that that is it's grossly misconduct. And like it was the whole like passing her around like a toy makes me feel very uncomfortable. Mm. And it's not really like my issue with him coming out on TV is not because he did a bad thing, because Vince has always done bad things and he's always come out on TV. My issue is more just coming out on TV now while the investigation is going on. And the reason why he is doing it is what turns me off on it. It's not anything that he did while bad. It's just like the, the, the blase nature of nothing affects me. And I'm actually pleased that this is all happening. That's what makes me feel uncomfortable about it. Mm hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, and like you know, the it it, it yeah, it he wasn't involved in any storylines beforehand. He's been like famously trying to, uh, you know, supposedly take himself off television as much as possible, and the yeah, the message it sends him coming out on television is, as you say, I don't care. I get to look at how powerful I am. Look yeah. how great I am. Oh, I have the, I have the same thing with with politicians that. There's no, there's no accountability for things. They do things wrong, and then there's no any accountability for it, and they just carry on. And it happens with people of power across all forms of, of business and stuff. And that, and, and I, I, I find that really, really annoying and very irritating, and it really bothers me as a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, Daquan G said, "I believe he's pulling a Clinton brackets bill, and then he knows he did wrong, but he's hoping the fan reactions will keep him out of the fire." I mean, I think Sean actually described him as like, he is that dog meme that is just, you know, he's out being like, everything's fine while there's just fires around him everywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. It must be really hard to work with him for that. <laughs> yeah. I think you actually could have ended the sentence there. Must be really hard to work with him. Full stop. <laughs> Sullivan Mo Brown. So many reasons. Oh. So many reasons. Um, on to other stuff. Kevin said, SmackDown, November 1st, 2019. NXT invades SmackDown. Champa interrupts Miz TV. Don't know if Miz is saying he never spoke to him last week as a heel thing or just WWE rewriting history. Oh, yeah, I forgot. NXT doesn't exist if they're not competing with AEW. My bad. Yeah, Kevin, I would imagine they don't remember that happens. Yep. Uh, and I, I think as well, like Miz saying I've never had a conversation with him is pretty much a heel thing. I think they are working together. Um, but it's, yeah. I honestly don't think they're going to reference the fact that they invaded uh, SmackDown back in 2019 because I think everyone is just like, no one's remembering these things backstage. Yeah. Uh, Lax Simham, Nara Simham B. Haven't watched Raw in forever, but I did catch up on the Elias Ezekiel segment. From Postmanius now, how is this the most over thing going on? The rivalry keeps rowing and rowing. It's like, yeah, it is over. Cannot deny that. I just think it is a storyline that's also going nowhere. And I think that we need we need an end game here because this this storyline has no end game currently. Yeah, they have no idea what to do. They just keep adding brothers. Vandalian, nineteen ninety eight. The best storyline, in my opinion, is Kevin claiming Elias and Ezekiel are the same. I wonder if it will develop to more that Elias has made an appearance. Luke and Mister WrestleTalk need to be on screen at the same time. We don't have those skills. Uh, also, <laughs> Sullivan, where was the title you were gifted? 
Oh, uh, it's it's currently in the office. <laughs> we can't get to the office because of the trains and that. Yes, yes. Otherwise, I would have it on my shoulder right now and forever. Raya said, This may have been the most boring episode of Raw in quite some time. The in-reaction was good as usual, but it felt like an empty three hours. I always feel like AEW is overstuffed with content, and WWE is like a bag of Lay's crisp slash chips. It's 30% empty air. That's a really good example, actually, right? Like, Raw is a bag of crisps. Yep. Oh, it looks full. And then you open it up and you go like, <laughs> well, where's the rest of it? <laughs> this cost me this cost me a couple of quid. Don't make any sense. What do they spend it on? Where's, where's it all gone? I've got like a third bag in here. <laughs> oh, now they're all grumbly. But you don't. But all at the same time, you don't want to have like you know an AEW bag of crisps where you open oh. up and they all just like fall out on you, and you're like, oh no, <laughs> too many crisps in this bag. Oh no, I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> overwhelmed by the crisps falling out onto me. Uh, Riot DR said, "Question time: Could the rest of Judgment Day not do anything? What happened with the Dirty Dogs and Omos?" That's a great question, Raya Dia. What did happen with the Dirty Dogs and Omos? I have no clue. That was Cause... two weeks ago, didn't they? They interrupted Omos and MVP, and we we haven't seen them since. <laughs> but they did they were they brought back just to interrupt somebody? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. And turn face in the process. Uh, the questions continue. Can Cedric, Shelton, and Dijak ever escape the main event? And why can't Roman just send in promos from a nice table while he's at home? Love you all. Well, Riot DR, I think that's probably because while he's at home, he's just enjoying being at home and not working. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Maybe he could do some pre-tape stuff. Uh, Vandalia1998 said, Unfortunately, I can see Amos winning the ladder match just without using the ladder, reaching up and grabbing the briefcase because he's just so tall. Oh, but the briefcase would have to be so low down. <laughs> but what if MVP lowers it? What if he lowers oh, the briefcase? It's like, you know, it's like King of the Ring 1999. Who lowered the briefcase? It was the big boss man who lowered the briefcase. But who lowered the briefcase? One of the greatest mysteries. That was the big boss man. They said it literally the following night on Raw. Everyone was like, who lowered the briefcase? It was the boss man. The boss man just <laughs> said, I did it. A mystery. That's such a mystery. <laughs> who threw the by Kevin Owens? And who lowered the briefcase? No one of them. It was the big boss man. Uh, Aten said, what if Elias and Ezekiel are actually twins and WWE are just doing a prestige thing? <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh, what if they have they've like fooled us all massively? <laughs> I would be so happy. So happy <laughs> if that was the case. Oh, oh. be amazed. I would love that. Uh, Vandalia again said, I agree with Luke. Miz hasn't been relevant since his feud with Shane, and that was three years ago. His feud with, you know, with, with Miz dad was mm. fun. Uh, Blakey said, I'll say it once, I'll say it again. He did it for the Miz. That <laughs> <laughs> <I> really got <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I nearly oh. snorted that maybe last so much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you, Chris, for your donation. Um, just pointing out, like, I'm done with backstage stuff. I want to focus on the wrestlers. You know, mm -hmm. There's always that option as well. And I hope, actually, we'll see Sullivan in Series 2 of My GM Mode. Sullivan, do you think you'd be good at My GM Mode uh, for the Monday Night War? 
I'd be absolutely, I would absolutely be terrible at booking the shows, but uh, <laughs> it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, but fun. I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to replace either of you two. I think you two have the great connection there. So, uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll happily continue as a viewer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kevin said thank you for the my GM podcast on Patreon it was a lot of fun question if there is a series 2 will you still keep using the characters and Smackdown Raw or try different GMs and or shows like NXT and NXT UK to mix things up I think we'd still keep us I think we would just use us as the, the, the characters I think that's a lot of fun um, taking over a different show yeah I guess so I think Raw and Smackdown makes sense because they're like the two big shows so I think we'd probably just keep those as well but uh, yeah I've got no, no nothing against picking NXT or NXT UK for example um and george todd says uh for your information i loved the my gm mode series it was my favorite thing every week celebrate the final episode with a nice takeaway and bourbon oh very nice so one of my um one of my 40 before 40 sullivan is to get into whiskey because <laughs> I, I've, I've never done i've never found a whiskey that i like and mm -hmm. I, I think you know hey as i'm approaching 40 maybe i, I always like the idea of having whiskey on ice you know and just mm. supping out of a glass oh my friends do it and they look really cool and i'm there with my gin and tonic looking <laughs> less cool than they are <laughs> so, oh it's so tough it is tough isn't it because i just think i'm too much of a wuss to enjoy uh whiskey the way it's meant to be enjoyed so uh but for my for father's day my my daughter did buy me my first whiskey um, oh, wow. and, and, and a lovely book as well so you know it's maybe that'll be the time i i get into whiskey because I, I i mean how cool does george sound watching yep. the final episode with a takeaway and a nice glass of bourbon sounds cool absolutely i mean i'll tell you my first date with brooke she only drank whiskey and i was oh, like oh God, she's, she's cool, cool. She she's is cool. cool what have you what have you been doing today brooke oh my cartoon is in the new yorker oh, oh wow. <laughs> great where did you go to school? <laughs> Harvard. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Great. Well, <laughs> I'm going home. Thank you very much, Brooke. <laughs> I had an audition for a commercial. <laughs> I have to dress as Elvis in this audition. <laughs> I did once have an audition where they wanted, to, if I got the job, I'd have to dress like Elvis and mm -hmm. play the ukulele. Um, and so and I, I, I did not give it my all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I really tried. <laughs> <laughs> Very much was like, it was the early days of being with my agent. So I was like, you know what? I'll turn up to the audition. I won't say no, because that might look bad, but yeah. I won't do it well. <laughs> and then they won't give me the job. Also, George Todd in the, in the, the chats here talking about that bourbon. Cost him $500. George, George, it's five hundred dollars. Dollar redeems powers or something <laughs> <laughs> made of actual gold. <laughs> oh. uh, Armageddon ninety four said, "I want to keep things positive today. I really enjoyed the My GM series, and I'm hoping for a season two. Luke, yours and Pete's chemistry and the GM character work was superb. Hope we get to see more of it." Me too. Uh, Benny Boy said, uh, How happy are you watching Slammiversary, Luke? Shark Boy was definitely a highlight for me. I just needed Curry Man. Oh, if Curry Man was on Slammiversary this past weekend, I'd have been so thrilled because he's hot, he's spicy, he tastes great. It's Curry Man. Christopher Daniels can still go, everyone. We could have had it happen. <laughs> he tastes great. 
Oh, what a time to be alive oh. watching Shark Boy and Curry Man as a tag team in TNA. Lovely Amazing. stuff. Uh, Kevin said, I didn't watch Raw, so I'll, I'll review Slammiversary instead. It was a love letter to 20 years of TNA. So if you like TNA, you'll love the show, especially Alexander versus Young. The Monsters Ball match made me think, Terry's got a bit overzealous with the thumbtacks. <laughs> oh, Terry Lamongi. Oh, Terry Lamongi. Oh, oh. <laughs> Terry Lamongi and her thumbtacks. Oh, it's furious. Absolutely furious. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Slammiversary and I did watch it. It was a, a wonderful love letter to the 20 years, particularly to the, the TNA that I like. You know, it had the reverse battle royal and a monster's ball and a king of the mountain match. Like it was just designed for me and my era of TNA. And I loved it. Uh, Charles Berg said, This weekend marked the thrilling finale of CBW Series 2. I, uh, and you were both remarkable. Thoroughly enjoyed Silver Bro's moral dilemma. Never, neither option was good and he was forced to make one. Jürgen, a broken man driven by rage and revenge. Chef's kiss. Thank you. Thank you. I love CBW. Uh, I'm very happy with the finale. Oh, so, so good. Um, uh, Ender Madden said, hey, guys, I know most of you. Sorry, I know most of it is out of AEW's control, but I'm quite sad leading into Forbidden Door. Seemingly no Akada, Ibushi, Punk or Omega or even the G.O.D., just not the big dream card I think most of us were hoping to see for years. I think that's actually quite fair. Um, I'm, we'll see like the full card by the end of this episode of Dynamite, which is when we're going to do our predictions. But yeah, kind of like as it stands, like Moxley Tanahashi I think is going to be awesome. And I'm really, mm. really into Osprey versus Orange Cassidy because I think that's a, that's a dream match I didn't think of. So that yes. I like. I, I think that, 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 you know, they zigged when I thought they were going to zag. And I think that's actually a really, really fun dream match to kind of surprise people and be like, hey, I bet you didn't predict this one because I don't think many people did. Yeah. The, the rest of it is like, you know, I think the triple threat tag match will be fun. The six man tag will be fun because it's, you know, Suzuki versus Eddie. But like, yeah, I, I kind of get what you mean. Like, we haven't had a big Akada match announced, like a big Ibushi match, a big Naito mm. match announced something for god mm. like it does sort of feel like there are some names missing from this show yes yes if yeah it feels like um uh that it, it's such an opportunity wasted which is not what you wanted to come yeah. out of this at all it's yeah uh ten mm. Rosa said kashida you're a brilliant man and welcome back yes if anyone didn't see the news kashida returned to new japan uh today which was very very exciting um what are you waiting to, uh, what are you wanting to see from the go home episode of dynamite we need a weekly wrestling sketch show from sullivan thoughts on the blocks for the g1 rosa and willow going to japan looks incredible i love you fellas um well, quite a few questions there but yeah uh what i want to see from the go home episode some more like matches they're going to maybe go like oh man cannot wait for this weekend like that's really what yeah. i'd like to see um yeah a, a weekly sketch show with sullivan don't hate that mate love the idea of that <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah g1 i think it's gonna i think the csg1 could be a really really good one i think we could have a very very fun g1 this year uh committed production says good morning from texas huge fan of everything and everyone on this channel life's been a bit of a tosser lately i've been having a hard time kicking out is there any chance i could get a soundbite of sullivan telling me it's all gonna be okay absolutely and it is all gonna be okay don't worry it's gonna be fine uh as as the wise king solomon once uh found uh due to a very convoluted riddle that i won't go into um uh, something that will always make a, a sad man happy and a happy man sad is that this time shall pass. 
do not worry this time shall pass wonderful stuff and ten rosa here said denise hosting quizzle mania is going to be an interesting affair gonna miss adam on the show hope he shows up what in wwe are you really looking forward to don't know much how you could be pumped for anything did you watch slammiversary or triple mania uh i did actually i watched slammiversary and i really enjoyed it um kind of excited to see what the next step champ i'm now back into the position of like i want to see what the next chapter of elias ezekiel is which i haven't been for a while so i'm mm. that's like I'm, I'm looking forward to that and you know what, like it's money in the bank i always love a money in the bank ladder match like i, I yeah. it's exciting to always see like who is going to be this year's mr and mrs money in the bank so that's that is mm -hmm. something i'm always excited about Yes, I'm really looking forward to that. Money in the Bank is usually a pay-per-view that delivers. It's like the Royal Rumble. It's like you can you can have a whole year of bad pay-per-views, but then the Royal Rumble and Money in the Bank usually, not always, usually <laughs> deliver. <laughs> yeah, usually. Uh, and lastly, another one from Chris here, just to remind us that, you know, there, it's, there are a few other people that work at WWE. There's actually hundreds, thousands of people that work at the company, and they mm. all work very, very hard and always an interesting point to make. So yes. that is going to do it for this episode of the show. Uh, Sullivan, is there anything you would like to plug? Uh, how's the Kickstarter? Bank? Oh, it's gone uh, stupidly well. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, allowing me to, to plug it once again. But yes, we have, uh, we have reached our first stretch goal of £10,000, which we thought was absolutely crazy. We reached our, like, we reached our first stretch goal within nine days of launching the Kickstarter. Um, uh, and now um, we are uh, moving towards our next one uh, because uh, basically we're doing all of the fringe and everything completely unpaid and so now our next stretch goal is to maybe pay us a week's wages uh, <laughs> yeah. so, um uh and so that'll be at, at, at twelve thousand because it's four of us involved with producing and making the show um and yeah if you want to come along you can you can get some brook bourgeois original art now of the show which is like a hundred pounds a piece which is a real bargain comparatively to her normal commission price um and yeah she's a, come she's, along. A, she's a she's a proper artist She's a proper artist, a proper, proper artist, a New Yorker cartoonist. She's New yeah, a cartoonist, everyone. <laughs> it's great stuff. So, yeah, go to Kickstarter, Grubby Little Mitts. Um, uh, if you look up, look that up on Kickstarter, you'll be able to find us. Uh, and yeah, thank you so much. When are the uh, the London dates? Uh, so we've got uh, one show on the, in Hounslow on the 23rd. Then we've got another show in um, uh, East London, I think nearby Liverpool Street at Theatre Delhi on the 25th. And then the big show is on the 27th. That's at Covent Garden Studios. Uh, and that's when I, I recommend you all especially to come along to. Not that the other shows won't be good to come along to. They'll be great. But the 27th is going to be a big one. It's right in central London. And uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be uh, quite the event, I think. Sorry, uh, Mod Mother just reminded me that I didn't actually read the results of the poll, so I'll do that now. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you, thank you, Jenna. Surprise, everyone! I'm back. Um, <laughs> oh, luckily, brilliant. no one's left. No one's left yet. Um, so, 46% of the viewers voted for two out of four, while 30 wow, 36% voted for one out of four. I think that's unfair. Um, and 12% voted for three out of four. Uh, sorry mm -hmm. for, for um, yes, sorry, I'll do that again. Four out of four got 5% of the poll. Three out of four got 12% of the poll. One out of four got 36%. And two out of four got 45%. So thank you yeah. all so much for voting. I think two out of four is a fair result. 
But yeah, mm-hmm. one out of four, I think, is is far too harsh. I think that is a too harsh of score. So, did you take part in the big Connect Four, the the, the Fournament? The uh, 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 yes, I did. I did. Uh, I lost in the group stages. Um, it was a disappointing result for me. It's like uh, England in the mid two thousands. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But we're like, we're better than this. Come on, <laughs> such full of, full of promise. Everyone's got their flags out singing three lions. <laughs> nope. oh. A couple of nil oh, nil no. draws and a loss, and back home we go. <laughs> That's exactly what happened to me. I lost every game uh, and then crashed out bottom of the group. It was not ideal. Um, uh, Ollie and Terry made it through. Um, and then uh, and Ollie made it through to the quarterfinals, mm. uh, which like, the quarterfinals gathered the attention of everyone watching. And uh, I'm sure you know about, uh, heard about Ollie's performance in the quarterfinals being... Um, well, really, quite something. He uh, he did the stupidest thing you could do in Connect Four, uh, which was letting somebody. He was just building on top of somebody else. Uh, well, they were building on the bottom row. So yeah, yeah. You're basically just giving them two options to win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He literally he just built he just built on top, built on top, built on top, and then realised as soon as he put the third <laughs> one down that he had lost already. And everyone, everyone in the room laughed at him. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was a good, like, 100 people there just laughing. Oh, laughing dear. at poor, poor Ollie. And then he beat poor me at Ollie table neighbors. tennis and he felt be- better. <laughs> he felt better. <laughs> he, he needed that. Yeah. He really did need that win. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been on a hot streak and he stopped my hot streak, so... Oh, well, on table tennis. Oh, yeah, I beat uh, Adam... Uh, four games to one. He was really bad. It was very funny. You, you shock me, Adam, not being good at something. <laughs> he 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 just got into his own mind. He'd constantly get to like match point um, or near two, and then suddenly I just I just claw it back because yep. I've got this I've got this killer serve that he just can't return. Whereas Ollie can. Ollie's worked it out. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, but how was your weekend? What did you get up to? My weekend? What did I do on the weekend? I played football. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I went I went out for drinks. Did I go out for drinks? What did I do? Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know Sullivan, what I did. I, I, I came to this episode with a big story all prepared. You've got, you've got oh. to do better than this. <laughs> I'm so sorry. What did you do this weekend? Because <laughs> other than the patio, because I don't think I've got anything. I don't remember what I did. Who did I see? What did I do? Oh, oh no. My memory's gone. Surely that's a big story. I can't remember it's, the end of my own weekend. It's okay, Sullivan. I've, I can save you here because we've got an email actually that is um, uh, that it is relevant to your interests. Uh, this is from Sam. It says, "Hey, fellas, Luke mentioned on the Raw review that, and I quote, everyone I know gets garlic naan, and he would be right. Garlic naan is life. That was always my go-to naan bread." 
But then I decided I needed more meat in my curry, so I switched to Kima naan for quite a while. But then something happened, something I didn't expect, the unthinkable, something I was extremely angry about, and it broke my soul. The takeaway delivered the wrong bloody naan, didn't they? I was in uproar. I complained. They noted on their system for a free naan the next time I got a takeaway from there, which they did. Uh, they actually went through with it to their credits. But what they incorrectly delivered to me changed my naan view forever. The Peshwari naan is the greatest naan of all time. Yes. Anyway, I just wanted to bulk this email out to say Sullivan is right. Poppadoms are only good when they're bathed in sweet mango chutney. Hope you enjoyed the shows. <laughs> Looking forward to hearing Ollie moan about AEW again. All the best, Sam. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. I'm very, very happy about that. And Peshwari Naan is the best Naan. It is. King of Naans. Oh, yeah. I mean, actually, you know what? I mean, I've taken a bit of a poll now. Pete has also mm -hmm. said Peshwari Naan is the way forward. Oliver Davis has said Peshwari Naan is the way forward. Yep. So that is we're four for four on our Naan takes. I think that Peshwari Naan is like the Naan that you think that nobody else knows about, but actually everyone loves. <laughs> <laughs> You'll go in there and be like, lads, let me tell you. <laughs> it's like how I came into the office a couple of weeks ago <laughs> and said, hey guys, you should watch Russian Doll. It's really good. And you were like, yeah, I'm on season two now. Yeah, that show was out three years ago. <laughs> I thought it was a brand new release. <laughs> oh, oh. It was, yeah, it was good. first series was good though. It, it is a good show. Uh, yeah. I actually haven't seen the second series of it. Actually, I don't even think we finished the first series of it. Uh, last night, however, we did start a new, not a new show. I'm not going to say it's a new show because I think it's a couple of years old at this point uh, called The Wilds on Amazon Prime, which is kind of like uh, Lord of the Flies, but with girls instead. And um, which I think is kind of how it's pitched. Uh, and the only thing I like the opening sort of bit of it is, you know, like, oh, man, being on this island, you think that's the worst bit being sort of isolated and everything. But actually, what was I escaping from this terrible life back home? And it shows like all of these plights that poor, like teenage girls have to go through. And after a while, I just put my head in my hands and I was like, oh, my poor, is Isabel going to be OK? Is my kid going to be OK? <laughs> Having a kid has completely changed my perspective on certain things. Have you seen Miss Marvel? No, I haven't yet. No, no, no. I will do at some point, though. There's a moment in the first episode, this isn't a spoiler or anything, where they, where Kamala wants to go to AvengerCon and her parents won't let her. And then her parents decided they will let her so long as her dad accompanies her. And her dad bursts into the room dressed up as the Hulk to be like, whoa, look, we're going cosplay together. <laughs> and she's like, no, this is lame. You're going to embarrass me. Me and my wife were just like, feel really bad for the parents in this scene like <laughs> absolutely absolutely and fair. so mean she was so yeah. mean to them he was trying to do a really nice thing and i was like that's that'll be me that's literally what will happen to me i'll dress oh, up as a thing that she thinks is cool and i'll be like we're gonna have a lovely time and then she'll look at me and be like you're sad you're so <laughs> sad <laughs> They go, what do you mean? I'm dad. You're saying it wrong. I'm dad. <laughs> now hold my hand as we go to this convention. I don't care that you're 16. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't like any of the things I like. You're coming with me. 
Oh. <laughs> Look, that's Grant Morrison over there. Show some respect. <laughs> Right, we're going to have to wrap things up here. Um, yep. Thank you so much for, for listening, everyone. Uh, back tomorrow, SP3 and Sat Inyangi reviewing NXT 2.0, and then myself and Oliver Davis will be reviewing uh, AEW Dynamite, the go-home show for Forbidden Door. There will also be Forbidden Door predictions, because it I keep forgetting that show is this weekend. Um, but thank you all so much for listening, everyone. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.